Hello and welcome to another episode of NFL Only Better. I'm Kieran O'Connor, joined as always by Mike Carlson and by John Baff on this beautiful December day. As uh, gentlemen, the AFC really starts to hot up and I'm not entirely sure who's currently the favourite. Well, actually, I do know that. It's the Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. But it's just a crazy... Sitting, we're going to go through the boat sitting. games. We're going to go through all the games and we're going to go through both conferences. I want to give you an update, right? Before I go to any of you about where we are, NFC conference winner. We mentioned a couple of weeks ago, remember San Francisco 49ers and Philadelphia Eagles were 7-4 joint favourites just two weeks ago. The 49ers are now even money. The Eagles are 10-3. to They've lost twice since we last spoke about that. Dallas Cowboys are 4-1. The Lions are 9-1. to It's 33 spar. Nobody sees anything outside of Lions, Cowboys, Eagles, 49ers. The AFC, well, Ravens now 9-4. to favourites to win the AFC. KC are 11-4. to The Dolphins are 10-3. to Both Kansas and Miami lost at the weekend. The Jacksonville Jags are 9-1. to Question marks over. Uh, their quarterback being uh, maybe how healthy he is. The Bills are 9-1. to And it's 12's bar. That includes Cleveland, of course, John. And it's Super Bowl. We now have San Francisco 49ers at 5-2. The Baltimore Ravens 11-2. The Kansas City Chiefs 13-2. Miami Dolphins and the Eagles are 15-2. Eight's about Dallas. And it's 16's bar. Mike, it's a mess, isn't it? Like this weekend, you were just like, "Who's who wants to win these things?" That's that's the interesting question. And both both the um, the Super Bowl hangover kind of kicked in at mid mid season instead of at the beginning of the season, like it usually does. Philadelphia and Kansas City are both struggling. Um, and when you look at the AFC, you've got six, seven, and six teams sitting behind the top five seats. Cleveland is the top wild card seated eight and five and they actually could be 11 and five going into the last week of the season against Cincinnati which becomes a big game but when you look at that stacked up six teams at seven and six the bottom team is Buffalo next from the bottom is Cincinnati and next from the bottom is Denver they're better than the three teams ahead of them uh, without question you know so it's really a lot of this is going to be on scheduling as as you come in um, to that race for the last couple of wild card uh, teams and lucky for Kansas city, they've got a relatively good run in now they've got the Bengals um, in the, in the penultimate week. And then they ended the chargers, but they should be able to write their ship a little bit, you know, and, and wind up either 12, uh, 12 and five, or maybe even 11 and six and take, take their division, which keeps them in a good seed. But we're, we're entering the point of what he, what the NFL loves is parity, you know, and uh, parity, I hate to say it means mediocrity, but it means, you know, that there's no outstanding teams to follow right now. And, um, you know, even the Ravens, who many people are saying is the best team in football, they were very lucky to win that game in overtime on a punt return where there was just the most blatant block in the back. It did seem like Charlie, Charlie Kohler, number 88. It was like, usually you can't even see who did it because there's a bunch of people hanging. But this time it's like, bam, he's right, he's right there. And but that's um, why they do it because yeah. they will get away. All right, you get called back. What's the yardage you're going to get whacked on? You know, you, yeah, five, five yards. Oh, illegal push in the black, you yeah. know. Um, John, yeah, it's a mad one. You know, I think we saw a lot of things. Kansas are obviously crying, as they usually do whenever a flag goes against them. But, I mean... <laughs> you, is that a reference to Mr. Mahomes? Yeah. I, I suppose <laughs> the big one was was kind of Miami losing when he thought that they had a chance. And, and how their offense looked when Tyreek Hill went off, and it was not great. Yeah. <laughs> 
But it was just a weekend of surprises, wasn't it? I mean, the Bills beating the Chiefs is a minor surprise, but certainly the Dolphins losing, um, you know, a couple of other results going a bit bit dodgy. It's it's really blown open. Well, the AFC for sure, uh, and of course Dallas finally beating a good team. We'd mentioned before that yeah. they, uh, they'd only beaten one team with a winning record, but I mean, they fairly took the floor out with with Philly. No, mm-hmm. two. Yeah, the, when yeah, they the beat Seattle, Seahawks. Seattle was six yeah. and five Seattle when they beat them. Yeah. The time, but they, yeah. that's, so, that's so what do you think of the weekend, John? Other than than than, than yeah, I mean, I think loving. it's interesting how it's turning out. Like, I think we can kind of look at the NFC, and you can almost say that that's set in stone. There's the there's the favorites at the top of the standings there, and then you could maybe cut it. Oh, my man, I don't really think the Detroit Lions are a Super Bowl candidate as good as they've been this year, but I think that's the cutoff point in the in that conference. The AFC though continues to be a bit of a crapshoot, like you say. Like the Baltimore Ravens are. Did you say that the favorites for the Super Bowl here in a second? Are the Forty Niners favorites overall? Forty Niners are not favorites overall. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. So, so Baltimore would be right up there too. And like Mike was saying, it's almost like they're they seem to be more like the last team standing given the the various injuries particularly to the quarterbacks in the uh, in the AFC it seems like every other quarterback in that conference is down at the moment so that's really given them a little bit of extra breathing room you would think especially if they can keep Lamar Jackson healthy which judging by what's going on in the AFC is easier said than done at the moment but yeah I think uh, we're really Mike also makes a very very good point about the teams making up coming up in the rear in the AFC like the Bills and these the and perhaps the Broncos as well. Like the Cleveland's are in there at eight to five or eight and five. They're the top wildcard team at the moment. So they've got kind of like a one game advantage over everyone else in terms of the wildcard stakes. But you think, I think I saw the stats. They're like 85% chance to make the playoffs this year. And other teams are coming up behind them are in the forties to sixties percent chance of probability. So it's starting to take shape, but you still get the feeling that kind of anything can really, really happen now in the, in the next few weeks, particularly over the Christmas period when, Dare I say, there'll be some strange weather games potentially that can that can really mix up the schedule and uh, and cause a few more upsets. But I think yeah, we'll. Uh, th- I think the next few weeks in the AFC are going to be very very interesting. NFC, I think, will probably just kind of stay roughly where it is at the moment. I think we should use new nicknames. John can be the weatherman, and I'll be the Undertaker. <laughs> you love being the Undertaker. WWF. The um the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Why it was funny. It reminded me of D Ford lining up offside in the Super Bowl, which which cost them, you know, might mightily. Mm-hmm. Or was it the A it might have been the a, a, a AFC championship game against the Patriots. It was. That um, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one yeah. arrowhead. Yeah. Yeah. And um but you know it what what the call was a was a good call. I mean, it, you know, it's that's not to be disputed. But what kills you about the NFL is the week before Mar Marquez Valdez Cantley doesn't even get a chance to drop the you know the win the the big play the big play of the game because he's got a defensive back riding on his back and bringing him down with a headlock before yeah. the ball gets there and they don't call that you know and then you 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 lose what's would have been probably the you know the most spectacular play of the season so far to a to a minor you know line infringement yeah. again no no I, problem with the call but I just wish they'd make the big calls you know yeah I, I guess go ahead go ahead I think, that, sorry, sorry, John, ahead. Yeah, no, I, I think the, the issue with that call I, like I, I might you know presumably the reason that Mahomes was so upset with that is the like Mike was kind of alluding to there like the selective application of some of the rules and uh, like you said here and it's it, it was an offside call like that's it's a legit call if you when you freeze frame it like oh there yeah it's like I mean it's hard to argue against that but then like Mike said the week before there was a dodgy call there's dodgy calls all the time the next night in the Miami game there was I can't remember which receiver it was but he, it was the exact same scenario and uh, that one, one wasn't called so 
I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. I think Mahomes' reaction was interesting, I think, but at the same time, it's hard to argue against it because it was the right call. But like I say, yeah. it's the selective application that I think is really grinding for some people. Well, I, I think being offside is an easier thing to pass interference usually because pass interference is yeah. happening all the time. Offside, one of the things is obviously this thing that players look to the referee and the referee or the referee would say, hey, you're offside, which... Mm-hmm. Seems to has been gone for years. But I would draw people's attention back to Terry McLaurin uh, down in Washington, who had a flag this year. And if you watch the video, go search it on Twitter. He turns and says, literally says to the ref, he's obviously saying, am I on side? And the referee gives him a thumbs up. Really? Yeah. And then when the play is snapped, he throws a flag. Washington score a touchdown. And McLaurin is roaring at him because he said to him, am I on side? And he said, yes. And then he immediately throws a flag. So I don't know what was going on with that ref, what kind of power move he's playing there. Um, and as for Mahomes, I would say his comments afterwards, the, the childish nature of him with Josh Allen, and then in the press conference saying that the ref shouldn't be deciding games. Well, I don't know if you want to take a look back at your Super Bowl win, buddy, but you boys were coming <laughs> off the field with the game tied when a pass interference call, the first of the whole Super Bowl was called and won you the Super Bowl. You didn't have a problem with that then. So I can't understand how anyone from KC is having a go when they won a Super Bowl on a dodgy call. Anyway, and, that's yeah, that. they got to yeah. a maybe, Super Bowl maybe a two. Call too, yeah. yeah, maybe two. Yeah. <laughs> the one, the one, the one against San Francisco when just before the end of the half when they called Kittle for offensive pass interference was one of the worst calls I've seen in a Super Bowl. And you know, and Jimmy G got head helmet to helmet. Um, in that game, and and no flag was thrown, and I think he was playing concussed the rest of the game. Um, yeah. yeah, look, anyway. we, we we always have a go at rest. We we mention it yeah. a lot and stuff like that. It's just, um, yeah, it's just a shame. Um, it was but, frustration. It was frustration from Mahomes. That's true, but he know. doesn't need to bring like they have time no, to cool no. down. Like he was in yeah. the press conference saying they're ruining games and it's ruining his Hall of Fame career and this stuff, and you're like. Look, you've had you've had a couple of hours now to get over this. You know, yeah. we see it all the time. Premier League referees kind of you take a breath and and mm. you come out and you go, I'm not going to talk about it or, you know. I wonder if that wasn't such a great touchdown. Would he have been so upset? Because that would have been that was an outstanding play. That's, well, we're one of the people true. I have to say this pod has been a huge proponent of the rugby style. Like if someone I've seen other people say now, if, if NFL teams get a good rugby coach in and teach them how to do it, mm-hmm. it blows defenses wide open, you know, because yeah. everyone it like NFL is the most like five year old game ever. You literally run to the ball. It doesn't matter what else is happening on the field. If the ball is top left, everybody yeah, yeah. runs towards it. <laughs> Um, and to that, the Los Angeles Chargers will be running towards the ball because their star quarterback is out for the season on what looked like absolutely nothing. But anyway, <laughs> I, well, I, should, I, should, I should inform the listeners someone's a bit bitter now because Justin Herbert was Kieran's uh, fantasy football quarterback. I am in the playoffs. He's in a bit of hot water now. You're in a bit of hot water. You'll find a new QB. You'll go with Easton Stick or something. Oh, you know, Jake Browning's probably on the waiver wire. He, he is. Look, three, you can always find yards. There are like, two weeks there's like five starting quarterbacks that are currently available in our league. You're going to go for Aiden O'Connell here, and I know you're going to go for Aiden, Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell is free. Uh, Gino <laughs> is free. Um, look, let's not talk about that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm genuinely convinced that there's nothing wrong with Justin Herbert. He was just, I, I think he broke his own finger in the dressing room. He was like, I'm just getting out of this season. I'm doing the Joe Burrow on it. Like this, I was injured for most of this season. They're like, oh, no, you weren't. They head to the Las Vegas Raiders, five to four about the Chargers. The Raiders four to six, three points to spread. Thirty-four points is the over/under. I don't know, Mike. Is that like 
just because Thursday night football is generally bad or is it just because we have two bad it may teams? have it may have something to do with the Raiders losing three nothing to Minnesota I almost forgot about it. <laughs> last week <laughs> this week in fairness the so, line on that so the over to 40 at the uh, <laughs> point kick off. yeah I mean um you know I'm surprised I'm surprised it's 33 five but <laughs> I don't know I I don't know who's who's going to be playing. Is it going to be Easton Stick or apparently it's they, Easton um, Stick? I believe. Yeah. Oh, or he did they sign all right. Let's Rip- be honest. He looked all did right. They, yeah. Well, Philip Rivers was on the sidelines in that game, and he looked all right too. <laughs> <laughs> I'd sign him right right now. Um, so the Easton Stick led Chargers against the Aiden O'Connell led Raiders. Um, yeah, it's the perfect the person. I was going to do. Five. That sounds I, like prime time. I, yeah, I mean, after a long and successful career taking the unders this season, um, I may well have to avoid it. Uh, last week, actually, just to point out, 10 of the 15 games went over um, last weekend, even with the, the Vikings and Raiders doing their best. Um, um, y- I mean, you have to, you'd have to pick the Chargers with Herbert. With Easton Stick, it's probably a... Well, I, the Chargers getting three, even with Easton Stick, I think looks better to me than taking the Raiders at home. But, you know, go figure. Hunter yeah, Renfro I, I, doesn't fumble the ball. The Raiders might have tied that game. John, it's a no bet for me, this game. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, That's, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the exact same. Like what I've got written down here, this is just a, it's too, it's volatile, this game, just given the sheer amount of uncertainties going into it. So, like, I mean, I would, I do kind of have just a feeling. This isn't super confident though, but I, I mean, I'd be looking towards the over. He said it's thirty-four now. It was thirty-three-five yesterday, so it's gone up a whole half point uh, based upon I don't know people You're with decent stick. I don't know why, but uh, yeah, no, I think if anything, I'd be going for the over. But this isn't one I'll be thrown into one of my accumulators or anything like that. I just think, you know, like if you hadn't already written off the Chargers season, you can definitely do that now. Where. Where do you look in that team for sort of a sign of positivity? Like they've got some, still some, like Austin Eckler is a great player, but it's not a great season. Herbert was the only thing keeping that team ticking along and the defense isn't really up to much. Um, so like, I think anything can happen in this game, but I'd be, I, my version of anything happening is just some weird touchdowns and eventually hit you've, it you've convinced points. me. Yeah, yeah. You've convinced me. Take the Raiders. <laughs> Josh Jacobs is going to run for 100 yards in the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, run. that's probably the most likely thing, I would say. But, yeah, I'd, let's, I'd, if if Easton's dick can show up there, if he, if he can score two touchdowns, I'd be confident enough to hit him over in this one. Yeah, nice. and Devontae Adams is going to have a good game instead of walking off the field yelling, trade me, trade me, get me out of here. <laughs> uh, we East, have Saturday Easton, games. East, Easton is a company that makes um, – Baseball bats, softball bats, aluminum softball bats. So and Stick should really have a big, a big promotional contract with that company. Yeah, well, let's see if he can win a game first, hey? Eh? Uh, let's see if he can win a game. Um, there are Saturday games, obviously. Uh, we're into that period of the season now. Uh, so there are three games on Saturday. One is at six o'clock. One is at half past nine, and one is uh, late on Saturday night. If you're coming in from the old pub. Uh, Broncos Lions will be that one. Uh, Vikings at Bengals, eight to five about the Vikings. The Bengals are one to two, three point five is spread. Thirty nine point five is the over under. Where do we stand on the Bengals QB guys? Do we like him? Do we deal or no deal him? Deal. In terms of backup, yeah, deal. Oh, yeah, he does look all right, doesn't he? 
yeah. I mean, he's thrown for three. I mean, he's made mistakes. That's the, you know, you can see. Um, and Browning has been in the league for what, five years um, without ever having played. That was, these were his first snaps this week, uh, two weeks ago when he came in. But he's thrown, Burrow had one 300 yard game this year, and, and Browning now has two. Um, they seem to get their offense. Like the guy I love is Chase Brown, the rookie running back, the Canadian guy from Illinois. Um, and despite Minnesota playing really well defensively last week, and Brian Flores is, you know, doing a great job, I think, in Minnesota as the defensive coordinator, they've they've got the quarterback problem. Cincinnati knows it's going to be Brett Browning. I don't think Minnesota knows who the quarterback will start, you know, which quarterback will start. It was, you know, the three points they got was Mullins magic um, at, at the end, at the end of the game. And, um, but they, they could bring back Dobbs um, or they could go back to the, to, the, to the kid who, yeah, they, they, they are, Did they announce it. I think so. Or at least there's heavy speculation that that's the call that they've made. <laughs> heavy, heavy speculation. Um, yeah. And NFL.com are saying they're, they're starting Mullins. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that makes sense to me. Um, you know, because Dobbs is what he is, and and um, the the kind of inaccuracy throwing bal- is balances off the running ability and stuff, and and teams have figured that out and and figured ways to defend him. So Mullins probably gives them a better chance. But Jet, I thought that um, Jaron Hall, the rookie, might get a shot, but I think at this stage they probably don't want to put a rookie in again. But he he looked okay in the the one game he played. So I like Cincinnati in this one. You know, I think this is this is a good game for them um, defensively as well to hold to hold Minnesota in check. And I think the Bengals' weapons are there um, for for their offense. So even giving three and a half is it three and a half still? It is. Yeah, it's three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd take the Bengals. Yeah, I, I got to say, I think I would too, John. You just just got this feeling that the Viking season is kind of just mm, slowing down and just kind of mediocrity is set in well yeah i I mean i think that's kind of true but uh in this particular game i'm going to be a little bit of a voice of sense i was thinking i was leaning a bit more towards vikings uh taking this one on the handicap of course what are they getting three and a half uh i just think mike touched on it there but i had written down here as well i think that brian flores has done a great job and they're in the top you know six or seven or eight of a lot of the sort of defensive statistics in the league this year, despite not being really a standout team. And obviously they've had problems in the offense and the running back situation hasn't really worked too well or as well as they would have hoped when since they moved on from Dalvin Cook and kind of installed Madison as the main guy. It seems like it's the, the back, Ty Chandler, I think his name is, I think he might be potentially starting this week. Uh, Madison got hurt and came off. We'll see what happens there, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I think, look, it, it, Bengals haven't really flourished so far this year. Browning has kept their heads above water in some certain games, uh, admirably so. And like you said, better than many would have expected stepping in for like the franchise leader and Joe Burrow. But I think this is a game that potentially the Vikings defense might make the biggest uh, influence here. So I'd be looking, I think them getting three and a half points is, is a decent bet here. And I also think potentially the uh, under 39.5 is worth looking at as well. Okay, okay. We'll agree to disagree, John. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are at the Indianapolis Colts at half past nine on Saturday, six to five about the Steelers, four to six about the Colts. 2.5 is spread, 42 points is the over-under. John, uh, quickly to go on this one. It, it's just, with all of the games, I think, that are 
going to take place over the next few weeks, it's it's probably a game that you're kind of like, this one's the one that's on television. <laughs> yeah, this screams of the you know the schedule being picked a few months before or something like that. I'm not sure why they've they've come up with this one. Like the Steelers are just how bad are the Steelers? You know, they're the one of the, they they seem to do this very very frequently. What are they? They're they're seven and six, still sitting in a wild card spot, and there are objectively six better teams than them in the AFC at least maybe, <laughs> maybe more uh like and I mean perhaps in some sense losing Kenny Pickett was a blessing in disguise he's he, he throw he, he's thrown I think I believe it's six touchdowns all season and Flacco's coming to Cleveland and thrown five in two games so like that, that's not great for Mr. Pickett over in the other side of the AFC North but uh, at the same time this is also a winnable game for the Steelers again they might move to eight and six because the Colts are a pretty average team too even at home um, so like <laughs> the, the Colts like several teams in the NFL their big Achilles heel is their run defense so this could be a game where the Steelers just keep the ball on the ground as you would expect them to do so after you know losing their starting quarterback and just give the ball to the power runner in Najee Harris and the other guy Warren I believe what, is that a, is it Warren Jay, yeah Jalen Jalen Warren yeah. Jalen Warren so that could be a game dictated by the Steelers just punching holes in a weak Colts uh, you know run defense and an awful awful Pittsburgh Steelers team moves to eight and six and inches closer to the playoffs so I would take them getting uh, two and a half I'm, points on the road here. I'd be willing to bet that Pittsburgh doesn't make the playoffs um, because the rest of their schedule is Cincinnati at Seattle at Baltimore. Okay. Um, now, in the Baltimore might have it, have a have everything clinched and not play, so they could have a chance in that last game. But it looks to me like you know they're gonna they're gonna finish eight and nine nine. They'll probably finish nine and eight because Tom Mike Tom will, below will, will will them to to do that. Not to, would you trade Mitch Trubisky for? Gardner Minshew? Mm, me personally, no, but I that's I really like Gardner Minshew. <laughs> yeah, so do I. That's why I kind of like it. Everyone likes Gardner Minshew. That's like <laughs> saying I like ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> he's got much better. He's got the best porno 70s porn mustache in the NFL. <laughs> much better than Aiden O'Connor's. <laughs> Well, yeah, I th just to put a cap on this, I suppose this is, I didn't really, hadn't really looked at the Steelers schedule, Mike, that you mentioned there. So this might be their last really winnable a game that they can go into thinking like we can actually legitimately win this game if we play well. So if they are looking to make the playoffs, well, they obviously are looking to make the playoffs. They're in the wildcard spot at the moment. They, uh, but, you know, like you say, I, I think they will fall off too. But this is a winnable game. If they're eight and six come this weekend, come at the end of this weekend, they'll be in a in a much better position than many would expect for a team that yeah. are underperforming. And most people would agree with that, I think. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're in that, they're in that, um, that six seed and Indy's right behind them, you know. So this is, it's incredible, mm -hmm. not incredible, it's important um, for both of them uh, to, to do this. I, I kind of like Indianapolis in this one, but you always get that sense that when a game must be won, Mike Tomlin is kind of good at getting his team up, up for that. Okay. Uh, the uh, the one sixteen game is the Denver Broncos taking on everyone's kind of favorite second team these days, the Detroit Lions. Nine to five about the Broncos. The Lions are nine twenty four point five spread. Forty seven point five is the over under. Mike, the Broncos have kind of been the story really of the last you know six weeks or so. You know they they were 
who were last season obviously we made jokes about them quite regularly um, and again it looked like they were having a poor start to the season but they've kind of turned it around they're heading into a Lions team who are you know on a record that they haven't been for a very 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 long time yeah and, but I mean the Lions seem to be turning around in the in the opposite direction um, and I, I saw a quote from um, um, Dan Campbell saying that um, I need to be more irritable yeah, and you need to stop going for it on fourth down. Yeah, what, what, so what's the statistics? They pretty much do it all the time now, don't they? Yeah, they do it all the time. I partly, partly, teams are they're beating them partly with pressure. You know, trying to make Jared Goff's life miserable um, because that has been the way to to beat Jared Goff going back to his Rams days, um, and partly because the, for some reason. DeAndre Swift has disappeared, kind of as the, the running threat, and um, the the rookie J- uh, Jameer um, um, Gibbs. What's his name? Yeah, Gibbs has looked really good, but they really seem to have gotten away from from running the ball enough, uh, and you know, throwing screens and that kind of that kind of thing. And Amon Ross St. Brown had a big drop in in the game last week, which which surprised me because you don't expect him to drop the ball very much. Do you want to know something about the Lions, Mike, in terms of their first six games, they only had six turnovers. In the last seven games, they've had 14 turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. And in the third quarter of games, first quarter in their seasons, they're up by 24 points. In the second quarter, they're 30 points. In the fourth quarter, they're 16 points. In the third quarter, they're minus 38. So whatever he's doing after halftime ain't working either. He needs needs to be more irritable at halftime. That's that's the key. Um, I I like, I kind of like Denver getting, is it still four and a half? Um, Let me just double check that. Uh, Yeah, it's still four and a half. Yeah, I mean, points to Denver seems seems interesting here. Um, And their defense is playing better than than we thought it would. But I was going to go uh, on this game over in the 46, and I know because it was 46 yesterday, and now it's 47. 47.5, yeah. Yeah, so people obviously had the same idea, and that's, that's pulled the the score up. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's a big, this is a big game again. Uh, yeah, for this both is a good, teams. and it's a good game to stay up for if you are Saturday yeah, night. It should, absolutely. I, I fancy, I fancy scores 47 5 is high, but you could easily go over that, you know. They should. I mean, you, you would think so. And last week's game with Denver and the Chargers, I mean, if you ever wanted a lesson in the importance of good coaching in the NFL, to me, that was the game. It just showed you. I mean, Peyton is it's taken a while, but the team is now kind of on Peyton's page. Um, and the Chargers, Brandon Staley, it, they're hopeless. You know, I mean, well, he broke his finger. Injury. He broke his yeah. own finger to they, get out of the They've been hopeless. They've been hopeless all season. They were hopeless last season. You know, and and it's it's like it's like someone's it's like the Wizard of Oz and someone's pulled the curtain off. You know, it's like there is no there is no wizard there coaching in in the chargers and i'm sick of hearing about you know how smart and analytical he and kellen moore are you know it's like no well he's gonna be out of a job uh, john broncos lions yeah uh i won't labor on it too much mike covered all the points there i'm gonna be the dissenting voice once again though i'm oh I'm my gonna, god i'm leaning towards uh the lions here uh despite them they're giving up yeah they're giving up four and a half uh i think this could be a points fest a little bit 
maybe not to the point of 47.5. That's kind of makes me slightly nervous. But I think uh, the Lions have been blowing pretty hot and cold in the last four or five weeks, kind of alternating wins. They What did they got wins over the Saints in Green Bay, but lost to the Bears and Green Bay as well, I think. And um, But I, if they're blowing hot and cold, I'm going with them blowing hot this weekend. Ooh, baby. Okay, uh, Sunday's games. Um, I am going to let you pick your games, gentlemen. Obviously, um, <laughs> excuse me, um, plenty of good action. Uh, Bucks at Packers, Giants at Saints, Falcons at Panthers, Texans at Titans, Brayers at Browns. I wonder which one John will pick. Jets at <laughs> Dolphins. Chiefs at the Patriots. Uh, they're the six o'clock games. Uh, don't know the Sky game, but we can kind of take a guess on which one it will be. Uh, but let's see, Mike. What game do you like? I think the best one, the most is Chicago at Cle- at Cleveland. Um, and I like Cle- I like Cleveland here, giving Chicago the three points. Um, Joe Flacco, we we heard mentioned from the the Cleveland stand, the the dog pound part of our podcast. Um, but Flacco is probably going to be the comeback player of the year. Uh, so? John like was, the, the officially recognized comeback player of the year? I, I think so. What about know? Tamar Hamlin? Well, Flacco, ha- no, he's not. He's not. Like, if he leads into the playoffs, maybe, but I mean, you'd expect. Cleveland is also the first team since the 2015 Texans to win with four different starting quarterbacks in the same season. Mm-hmm. Which is which is interesting, um, but they looked defensively. They looked like um, Garrett was back, you know, to to kind of full full strength, which is which is a huge thing in this game against Chicago because you have to pressure Fields and you have to yeah. kind of make him declare where he's going. But but I think Flacco provides them with what they need with a team that has a really strong defense and has lost so many offensive weapons. The the occasional big pass. Um, he's made a few mistakes, but as a veteran, you kind of expect him to keep them more to a minimum because that for Cleveland is the big thing. Let's not turn the ball over. Let's try to get the occasional, the occasional big play and let's depend on our defense to hold the other team under 17 or whatever, whatever it takes. So, so I like Cleveland, I like Cleveland in this one. You know, you could always get a just, a Justin Fields, big explosive game, GJ Moore, I think has been incredible and yeah, without a whole a lot of side. notice, yeah. you know, on, yeah. on that team. And, um, but I like Cleveland and, and this to me is probably an under game, even though it's only 37, five. Interesting. The only thing Flacco's I'll say free in our John and Flacco's free in our Flacco's free in our league as well. I mean, I could take him. They, that, you don't need like, to worry about this. He team. got twenty he points last week. Anyway, besides the fact. you're not in the playoffs, <laughs> you didn't make it again. Anyway, Mike John. covered all the points there. I won't. I know I'm the the resident Browns homer in this one, so I won't stay in it too much. The only thing I will add to that is that this is in the it's a home game for Cleveland, and they have the best home record in the AFC at six and one. No team has been as good at home as the Cleveland Browns this year. So it'll take a lot for the Chicago Bears to, to go there and get a win, I think. What's the weather report? Yeah, John, you should know. Come on. Uh, it's I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> NFLweather.com, though, if you want to check. That's, that's you just, a good resource. Just, as you're this. talking, just Google Cleveland weather. It's not difficult. Just, okay. just, just Mike, and, Mike and I will talk about something else. Got any Christmas plans, Mike? <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I'm going to fly to Cleveland and watch the Browns. The Browns play. <laughs> Sounds yeah. awful. <laughs> Just to, yeah. I mean, um, I, I kind of... Uh, We're looking at rain, guys. We're looking at rain. It's going to rain? It's going to rain on Sunday. Joe, 19, Joe 19 kilometers an hour of wind. Oh, that sounds windy oh, to me great. now. 
That's windy. Yeah, Joe Joe Flacco with 19 kilometers at his back, throwing, <laughs> yeah. a, throwing a wet football. This game could be really exciting. Um, let's move on. Unless you guys have anything else you want to touch on the six o'clock games in any way. I just want one. to point out that, that both New York teams had incredible yes. games last weekend, and that really messes up your ability to kind of handicap this weekend because you just say the Jets can't score 30 points twice in a row. It's you were impossible. very excited about the Dolphins dude or not the sorry not the Dolphins dude the Jets dude you, you, you're you yeah. excited by him Mike. Yeah and um, the Giants were were actually really really efficient you know I, that's that's why it was like the Giants team of last year against Green Bay. I'm not sure they deserved to win the game, but they played the, the same kind of ball they played last year, which was to keep the game manageable and um, and then touchdown Tommy DeVito, you know, um, got them the, the winning field goal. It's, um, it was very strange, you know. You, you got a problem with this? <laughs> Did you see Tommy DeVito's agent? Yes. Yeah, was... <laughs> I, I knew you loved all this. You were texting. You loved all of this. That's what I meant. Sorry. He, 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 looked, he, looked, he looked like... Um, Miami Steve Van Zant's, um, like if he had a if he had an illegitimate son with one of the strippers <laughs> at Bada Bing, you know, <laughs> it would have been it was right out of the Sopranos. I couldn't believe it. it uh, John, you wanted to touch on something. You know what? It's it's going to be my best bet, so I'll leave it till then. Oh well, then sh- no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Move no, on no. to the move on to the nine. Okay, let's yeah. move on. That's let's okay. move on. Um, Commanders Rams, uh, 49ers to Cardinals is the five past nine or six minutes past nine game, and then you've got Cowboys at Bills as your your main event. Uh, Dallas Cowboys 11 to 10, the Buffalo Bills are three to four, 2.5 spread, 50.5 is the oh, over under on this one. Uh, we are going to see two teams in form, Johnny B. It is everyone's favorite, Dallas Cowboys. At the Bills, who you got? I have the Buffalo Bills in this one, Kieran O'Connor. I think um, I've been kind of beating the, been beating the drum for this team for the last couple of weeks on this pod. I think I, you know, I'm still very much of the opinion that they're a better team than their record suggests. That's you can just clip that me saying that out from the last few weeks and stuff as well. They they lost one close game to uh, to Philadelphia and they then they came back the next weekend, obviously against Kansas and won. So they're at the very at the bare minimum, you can say that they're at least competing very very uh, very very well with the top teams that they're playing. And at home here against Dallas Cowboys, I think they'll sort of continue because they're. Let's not forget the Cowboys are probably. They might be slightly more uh, confident of, of of their place in the playoffs over in the NFC. You'd imagine that that's pretty much a lock at this stage. Bills, meanwhile, really have something to play for. And I don't know. I just think the sense of motivation and Josh Allen played well as well the last couple of weeks. I think this is a uh, this is definitely looking like a Buffalo Bills win against the Cowboys team, who I think are very good, but if not fantastic, I think they're kind of on the second tier of the of the elite teams in the elite or in the in the NFL so far this season. So. Um, yeah, as we've mentioned several times, Bills still have one of the best offenses in the league, and I think that'll be the the turning point in this game, and they'll they'll continue their recent resurgence. It's interesting because um, I kind of agree agree with you, but the Bills' offense was not actually that good against Kansas City. You know, they it's had true. twenty points, mm-hmm. but they didn't roll through them. You know, they didn't run the, the over under on that was in the high forties. I think forty nine, yeah. and it never even looked like getting there. Yeah, yeah. and I mean Kansas City's offense fell apart completely in, in, in many senses. They, uh, but I think, I think that 
is is a problem and the fact that the bills um are vulnerable on the second level in particular micah hyde is out now on the, on the back on the back end of their defense and this is going to be something for the cowboys to attack but my uh, i agree with john my first instinct here was to take the bills um let the cowboys have the points two and a half to me seems you know easy easy to go with the Cowboys of all the top teams, apart from San Francisco, are probably the ones with the most consistent offense. Prescott has been very, very good. He's now top of the MVP. It's weird how the MVP voting mm. rolls rolls from yeah. week to week, you know. And, it's him and um, Purdy now, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, well, Purdy just he had his biggest game. I think he threw for three seventy eight or something. It was his biggest total ever. But everyone looks at that and says, "Oh, that's just Debo, run, you know, running after the <laughs> catch or Kittle running after the catch." and and then Dak had a great game, so so you know, okay, Dak's now the MVP, the MVP favorite. But their offense is consistent, but they're a much better team at home than they are on the road. And Buffalo, I've just looked up the weather report right now; it's for eight degrees, interesting, um, and uh, twenty-one kilometers an hour uh, wind. So that's not horrible wet winter conditions um, for for the Cowboys to bear up. But I think Buffalo, I think Buffalo can slow the Dallas down enough to win this game. I would take Buffalo, and I'd probably look to go under on this one as well. Okay, do, do, we mentioned a lot about Dallas kind of having to prove themselves. We mentioned, of course, the the the, the record of the team. Some of them have played. We call them well. I call them flat track bullies. But since then, they've obviously gone on to be. If they were to roll into the Bills, and do them. Do you think they would be cut quite significantly for the Super Bowl and the, the NFC? Well, yeah, I'm not. No doubt about it. If they win a big a big game on the road, um, you know their their odds, their Super Bowl odds are going to go down um, consider considerably. And I mean, San Francisco, we haven't even we haven't even talked about them really. Um, but they're at Arizona, so you know, even if they win big, no one's going to pay much attention to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, th- I think, yeah, I think Dallas would get a huge boost on the markets if, if they win this game. Okay. Uh, the uh, the late game that's on Sunday or Monday, depending on uh, what time of day you think it is, the Baltimore Ravens take on the Jacksonville Jaguars six to ten about the Baltimore Ravens. The Jags are eleven to eight. Three point five is spread. Forty three point five is the over under. So Trevor Lawrence is playing. Right. So he played last week and had a poor game because he's highly injured. But you would assume that he will continue to play. And this is obviously a massive game for the Jags. It's probably. It's probably the reason the Jags are 3.5 getting points is because of that. But there's an argument that the Jags should be favorites for this. Does anyone else think that? Not particularly. Okay. Now, I mean, I, I Jacksonville's defense has not been as good in the last couple of weeks as they had been most of the season, which yeah. would be, I think, the big thing. Um, you know, Jonathan Allen getting to to the quarterback. You know, having said that, they actually they actually played pretty well, um, even with Lawrence's injury against a good Cleveland defense. What was the final score? They got twenty. They put twenty seven up. Um, on Cleveland. So I can understand the feeling and, and 3.5 home dogs is probably, 
maybe I, I would I would I was expecting when I go through and list these on Tuesday, I, I I try to guess the spreads and stuff. And I was guessing on that one one and a half, one and a half or two and a half, you know. So this this kind of surprises me. But I, I don't I, I still I still probably would favor both Baltimore even giving three and a half. Baltimore got out of jail a little bit at the weekend, John, as we mentioned. Um, would you be backing them minus three and a half to go to Jacksonville? Um, yes, is the, I think I think so. Um, I like, like the Jaguars. You're trying to talk yourself into it now. You just want to disagree yeah. with me. I I think Jacksonville have uh, they like they like Mike was saying they have stalled in the last few games at least anyway i think they've dropped to well, i've got it written down here 27th in the in the league in net yards per play in the last three games so and you know they're they're losing players through injury left right and center they lost the receiver was well, kirk is gone they're down their offensive tackle like they're down to i think against cleveland anyway they played they were down to their fourth string left tackle and uh, i think He's actually a former Brown, by the way, Blake Hans. He gave up um, ten pressures to Miles Garrett on the on the quarterback in that in that in, in that one game. So like that's hey, going to be. Hey, Blake, yeah. remember when we used to go against each other in practice? <laughs> exactly. So uh, I'm forecasting a little bit more of that, and I just think that this Ravens team are, are much. They're a much more well-oiled unit, and as well, like I mean, I said it before, but I get. It's it's amazing to me how the this Ravens team and they're not really struck by injuries at the moment, but they're the, they're the team in the NFL that I think that seems to be able to handle and deal with adversity better than some others. So I think that's just a well coached, well drilled team, and I think they should have enough for uh, a Jacksonville team that are kind of on the ropes this weekend. I think. Plus, Jacksonville, dangerous opponent is one on the ropes. Mike, sorry. Yeah, ja- Jacksonville has not been as good at home as, as they have been on the road. Um, yeah. To a significant degree, too. So that that's just something to think about. Right. Best bets and last game. Well, so let's one do more, this last one, yeah, game. Yeah, last game. Let's run through it. Um, it is, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles having a bit of a wobble, wobble at the Seattle Seahawks. One to two, the Eagles. Eight to five about yeah. the Seahawks. 3.5 again is the spread, but 47.5 is the over-under. Should we get worried about the, the, the Eagles' form at the moment, Mike? You think you think so? I mean, what teams have realized um, is, and I've, I've talked about it. I think last week, we, the back seven in Philadelphia is a real problem. You know, the linebacking they signed uh, Shaq Leonard to, to try to help, but it doesn't help against the pass. Um, and the secondary looks—it's uh, a combination of both slow and inexperienced. Uh, they're starting undrafted guys uh, from Alabama who are getting beaten. Uh, and I think teams will, you know, be looking be looking to attack that. And Seattle, if they have one strength, it's their receiving core. You know, who's who's going to match up on DK Metcalf in this game? That's the big question. Well, no, the big question is, can they keep DK Metcalf in the game? <laughs> I mean, that that was the Royal Rumble in in that in that Seattle San Francisco game. Well, it was fantastic, you know. And um, I can't see why I, he was I, thrown out. Well, it was it was weird because it, it was kind of like usually you get you know you get thrown out for retaliation, but this was like War- Warner had already done the retaliation. It was Metcalf the first blow, then Warner the retaliation, and then Metcalf with the really big one that Warner kind of kind of suckered him into um, that that got him thrown out. But I I, I wonder too because Philadelphia's offense is all of a sudden not clicking, you know, and AJ Brown was held in 
held in more or less check for a couple of games in a row now. Um, Goddard's back, but it hasn't seemed to make a difference for them. They're not running the ball very well. That offensive line is is supposed to be able to dominate everybody, but they, they haven't quite done that. And to be honest, I think Hurts plays as if he's hurt. Um, he was running the ball. This, yeah. Designed runs last week, but he was running – he was running like an injured person, you know, like like an old man, kind of. Um, and uh, I think that that probably hurts him. So this this to me is is one of the tougher picks picks of the week because Seattle's not quite as good as we thought they were, and their record is probably about what they what it should be. But Philadelphia, like you suggested, is on a is on a downswing. Um, this is another one where I'm looking at an under. Um, it's forty. Is it still forty eight? Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably looking at an under on that one too. It's it's just you know what, whenever it's not what it was a few years ago, but whenever I see a live televised sort of Sunday night, Monday night football in the Seahawks ground, I always worry for whoever's visiting because they get up for it, and Pete Carroll gets his team up for it, and I would just be worried about the Eagles going in there at the moment. What do you think, John? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm actually. I think I'll be taking Seattle with the three and a half here. I think that's probably the best bet in this one. We said it last week. The Eagles are, you know, they've certain very kind of particular frailties. Like Mike said, the uh, Jalen Hurts not being 100 fit by the looks of things is obviously going to affect them a little bit more. But the um, they're still giving up third downs, uh, or they're still letting the opposition convert third downs uh, just about half the time, 50 percent of the time. So. If they're just they if they continue to give the the uh, the ball to the opposition quarterbacks like that, that's going to hurt them. He saw that he saw Dak Prescott take advantage of that kind of thing. He he, he kind of burned them last week, and I think uh, it looks like it's going to be Drew Locke at quarterback this weekend. So that's obviously not the same danger that Prescott and some other quarterbacks in the league will present. But I think uh, like you say, the Eagles on a downswing, going to Seattle, a tough place to go, uh, and giving up three and a half points already. I think I'd be going for. I think the Seahawks could take this by like a field goal, and we'd be we'd all be be happy with that. So is this your Drew Lock of the week? <laughs> it's it, Drew was not locked in though, correct? <laughs> I no, think uh, they're still they're still saying yeah, Gino Gino might be back. G, Gino, yeah, there's we'll see, Gino. the injury reports will come out today. Like, I mean, obviously, you'd say to anybody, don't put your game or your any money down on these games until the actual day of the game itself. Usually that's probably the smart thing to do. Just well, these on. days, especially because you actually have no idea who's going to be quarterbacks in some of these games. Like, exactly. So yeah, keep an eye on all that sort of stuff. Like look at the weather, the injury reports, look at the weather report and then make your call. But I think the, um, yeah, uh, everything about this screams like another Eagles loss to me, to be honest with you. Ooh, okay. Um, while you think about your best bets, I just want to remind everyone of the offer, of course, on the website over the course of the weekend, which is uh, bet a fiver on bet builders on any NFL game and get a free five pound bet. Uh, terms and conditions apply for that offer. Do check them. They're in the term. The terms and conditions are in the details of this website. God, I'm really tongue tied at times today. I don't know what's wrong with me. I haven't had a cup of tea yet. That's what it is. Yes, but boom, it's, 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 it's also do, 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 do. You know what I'm going to say next. Um, Mike, do you want to run through the best bets as, as, sure. uh, as the, the kind of de facto well, person who decided a, to take it over for no reason whatsoever? Anyway. It was it was a weird week. Um, I was on a six-game winning streak on the best bets, but um, I went to the underwell once too often with Tennessee <laughs> and Atlanta, and uh, that was 39 
0.5, and that obviously was beaten pretty pretty easily. Um, John was under in the <laughs> the very seductive New England Pittsburgh under, which was thirty point five. Did think taking the Thursday game was an issue? And yeah, yeah, I mean, when I didn't take it, it should have told you something. Um, <laughs> but it was twenty one eighteen in that one. So, and Kieran was Mister Lucky. Um, as has happened in a couple of weeks, the no. Detroit Chicago game he went over, and it was four. It was a forty one point spread on Tuesday. What I was looking at when I wrote it down, and then I realized when I listened that Kieran had said forty and a half because it had gone down, and it turned out to be a forty one point game. So by a half point, Kieran was the only winner of the week. Right well, now, what I do? Uh, <laughs> right now, Kieran is John is seven and seven. Kieran is seven, six, and one push. I'm the Mike Tomlin of our league. I'm nine and five. So things are tightening up there. I'm chasing you. I'm chasing you. And since yeah. I I won, I'm the only one who won, I shall go, go first. Ahead. Uh go ahead. Tampa at Green Bay, 41.5 over. Simple. Right. Yeah, that went down too, didn't it? It was 42.5 yeah. yesterday. Okay, so over in Tampa. I, you know I'm who I love, go... John. You know Baker May. I've never said a bad word about him. <laughs> never once. Never once. Never once. Um, I'm going uh, to, to skip the under this week and take Tennessee to win, giving two and a half points to Houston. And John? I'm going to go. I'm looking at the Jets-Dolphins game. Um, I think, you know, Jets are a pretty rubbish team this year, but they still have what most would agree is at least an above average defense. Um, I think Miami coming to this one, there's, I mean, I'm not sure about the situation. I know Tyreek Hill came out last week, but he came back in again. So keep an eye on whether or not he plays, but I think this is a candidate for the under, which is a, which is 40 in this one. Um, it's given, not, it's not, what's it, is it gone up or down? 38.5. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> So with this, a lot of people new, had the same idea. Yeah, a lot of people are agreeing with that one. You know what? I'll just stick to my guns and and really, stay. I, yeah. He said it now. Yes, yeah, yeah, I've said it at this point. In. I didn't think I'd you know. I mean, I thought I'd win it that one by more than a point and a half. So I'll I'll have to yeah. stick to it. It's closer than I would like now, but yeah, I think this one just has a bit of a trap in, in the sense that you know a lot of people will be overinflating potentially how well the Dolphins' receivers and the passing game will go, and uh, the Jets probably just won't score them very much themselves. So I'll be looking at the under. I think Tyreek Hill's girlfriend might start it, um, or no, his wife might start yeah. it um, at uh, wide receiver for Miami this week. Did you get in the Chargers <laughs> like, team anyway? I think I think she pushed him in. She came out of the stand and pushed him back into the game like, when his ankle Look, was hurt. You know? Behind every strong man. Um, and that is it for us. We are, of course, back next week. Uh, a reminder of the offer, Bet5, Get5. See the website for more the details of that. A reminder, of course, that football only better, racing only better, are also out this week on a big weekend of Premier League action and the racing hotting up with the National Hunt season. Do check those podcasts out. And a reminder, of course, as always, most importantly, to please do gamble responsibly this weekend and every single weekend. Uh, we are back next week and we're going to be looking at the games that are taking place over the course of Christmas, um, the Christmas Eve and Christmas Day games. So very, very exciting show coming up for you. Hopefully we've managed to pick a few winners there. And uh, yeah, look onwards to Dallas and the Bills, boys. It's going to be one that we'll uh, enjoy as lovers of the Dallas Cowboys here on this pod. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Kieran O'Connor, joined by Mike and from John. From all of us, have a lovely week. Hopefully we'll get you a few winners. Bye for now.